Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you're here today. We're going to talk today about the subject of the power of preparation. And we're going to jump into that in just a moment. Let's open up today with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. And we thank you that that light is understanding, spiritual understanding of how we are to live and govern our life. And so we thank you today, O oh God, for helping us to make the right preparations step by step because dreams are going to be realized and manifested this year. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And around the world, we say, Amen. Praise God. Now, before we jump into the message, let me also mention we are getting closer to Passover, Resurrection Sunday, which is April the 17th. And let me read to you uh, our theme scripture for Passover for Resurrection Sunday, which is Leviticus 23, verse 22. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord, your God. So what we're doing going into Passover, Resurrection Sunday, is that the Holy Spirit has directed me that we are to consider the corners of our field. And based on what we do with our corners, determines what God does with our field. And we are receiving faith pledges so that we can grow and expand the pure gold television program, which is going all over the world and the giving for Passover resurrection Sunday, the special offerings, the pledge offerings go towards pure gold. Now, because so often it's easier to make a pledge and give something monthly, uh, that's usually easier for people than pulling together uh, one uh, special offering. I was up early in the morning and I said, uh, Lord, what, what amount should I share with the people to inspire the people uh, to give? What, uh, is there something I can share that will give them a goal or what uh, can uh, help release their faith concerning an overall pledge amount that they could bring in over uh, a month monthly periods. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. Remember, this is an early in the morning. It's dark. I, can, I can't even really see anything. And the Holy Spirit said, the golden number is 7,000. And I knew he meant a pledge of $7,000. And I'm sitting there in the dark and I took my calculator because I couldn't figure it out in my brain. I didn't even try because uh, it's just too early in the morning. And I, uh, I took uh, $7,000, $7, divide it by nine, because there's nine months left in the year, and it came out, or it still does come out, to $777.77. And I'm believing God, asking God, and praying, and standing in faith for 30 people to stand with me and make that special Passover uh, Resurrection Sunday pledge. Now, some... Some have already pledged the 7K, and they, they, ha they happen to have it. And they said, Pastor Stephen, we are going to bring it in. And I know for others, it's easier to, to think, you know, I could do that, maybe not all at once, but month by month, over nine months, I could do it. And what we do with the corners of our field, or our corners determines what God does with the enlargement of our field. Hallelujah. So this is going to pure gold for the uh, outreach, and it's going around the world. Remember, most of the world is poor. Uh, half of the world, 3.4 billion people, make less than $5.50 a day. So we are sowing seed to take the gospel to all the world. And yes, it's going to catch uh, affluent nations. Well, you know, we go over Europe and things like that too. But it's primarily going to those who need the gospel. And so often it's those who are struggling often impoverished even, who hear the gospel and they think, well, that, that sure beats uh, the, the misery and the suffering I'm in. So we're going to take the gospel and just continue to push it around the world. Yesterday, 
My wife and I signed another television contract. I'll be telling you about that very soon. We haven't even put it on the website yet. We'll get that up. And I want to tell you about the new network uh, that we have just joined. But wonderful things are taking place. I want to say thank you for everybody standing with us. Now, some of you, uh, you may not be able to do the 777 a month. Could you do 77? Okay. In other words, if you make a, a total faith pledge of $777, and you do it every month because there's nine months left in the year. That comes out to $77.77 a month. And many of you will realize, oh, I can't do it all at once, Pastor Stephen, but I could do it that way. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Jump in because when you work with the corners, okay, that you have, then God works with the enlargement of your overall field. This is designed by God for your lifting and for your financial empowerment and this, of course, goes beyond finances. The, the enlargement of your field is your life assignment, your purpose, and everything. So this is how the Lord works so that we can accomplish His kingdom purposes. Praise God. So I want to say thank you for everybody partnering with me, standing with me as we continue to expand these type of teaching messages around the world. Praise God. All right. Having shared that, Let's jump into today's message. We're going to talk about the power of preparation. Let me say that if you have a dream or a clear vision from God, I want you today to listen very carefully. You may even want to take notes. And I know that many of you have caught sight of what God's assignment for your life is. You have had the radar uh, dialed in and you see the blip on the screen and you know what your dream very, very clearly is. So if you have a dream or a clear vision from God, please pay careful attention to today's message because preparation is essential for your rising in the earth. Now, this is what I've been seeing over the last few days as, as I have been meditating on this message. I've seen uh, it's like you're, you're going to grab a tiger by the tail and you're about to find out what a tiger is. You're about to find out the power of the Holy Spirit uh, because uh, so many of you, uh, you're really in on the things of God. You're, you have a heart for God, a heart for His kingdom, and you, you actually love the law of God, the directives and commandments of God. You love the Word of God. It's, it's your food and you delight in God's commandments. And so uh, you're going to realize this is like when that blessing starts to work and when the empowerment of the Spirit begins to touch your life, it really is like grabbing a tiger by the tail. And this is a ride of excitement. <laughs> this is a ride of a, of a lift. You know, you're, you're going upward and there's a, there's a power surge in it. And you're going to feel that. Uh, so today's message is vital also in understanding of getting ready for what is about to be unleashed in your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, what I want to tell today is something that I want you to understand. You don't need like some kind of a, another hundred years in your life added on somehow, like you're going to be the next Methuselah, in order for you to accomplish what you're supposed to do and make the impact that you're supposed to make. You don't need a hundred years. What you really need is very detailed, effective preparation in order to achieve the unusual results that God is anticipating you producing. Amen. Okay. So you don't need a whole bunch of extra decades. You need very, very detailed planning and preparation. And we're going to talk about that today. Let's go to our key verse, which is in uh, the book of Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 24. And let's go down to uh, verse three. Verse three, through wisdom, a house is built. Now the house could be a, a physical structure. You could, you could build a home. Maybe you like French country. Maybe you like Mediterranean. Maybe you like uh, farm style houses. There's many different architectural designs, but through wisdom, a house is built. So it could be a house, but it could also be a ministry. It could be a business. Through wisdom, these things are built. And by understanding, it is established. 
By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches, or the rooms of the house, or the compartments of your, of your ministry, or the various aspects of your business. Uh, you've got really good equipment. Uh, let's say that you have a printing business, and you have the top-of-the-line uh, printers and uh, really good stuff. Well, okay, that's, we see that in Scripture, that your rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. Praise God. You have the best laptops. You have the best technology. You have the highest, fastest internet, things like that. You know, there was a time uh, when they first began to put the fiber optic in our county, and our county got a got a state grant for, I can't remember, like maybe like $36 million or something like that. And so they begin to lay fiber optic in the county. And uh, one of the first places they, they ran the line by was by right here, the church building. And so uh, I said, I want, I want to be connected to it. And we were running uh, at that time, this was like uh, 10, maybe 10 years ago, we were running 700 uh, megabytes down and about uh 400 up, uh, which is getting close to a gig. And a gig is a thousand down, thousand up. For those of you uh, techies, you, you understand all of that. That was, that was, at that time, that was faster than what the Google facility was doing in Austin, Texas. It was faster than anything in, in Southern California. Uh, we were running literally some of the fastest internet in the world. Uh, kind of overkill for what we needed. But again, when you're sending large video files, not downloading, but uploading, uh, that really does help. And we still have really fast internet. Matter of fact, when they hooked it up and the technicians, you know, you could do a speed check and they solved the speed. They were like, wow. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Fun stuff. Amen. But you can have your house built, your ministry built, your business built, and the rooms are full of riches where you, uh, because you're doing things the right way, God is adding to you in a very structured, organized way. And so your infrastructure is real solid. All of these things make the overall uh, end result something that is more productive and can get you over to uh, what we would call an excellent spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, we also understand that before you can build any type of house, you're going to have to have a blueprint. And this is not just something fun where you can roll one up, carry it underneath your arm and, you know, look like you're somebody important. You have to have one. You can't build a house today without a blueprint. You can't just tell a general contractor, build me a home. He's going to ask you, well, I need your blueprints. I, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you like. So you have to have that. And not only that, you have to have it for the county officials why? They, they want to, well, they have to know what you're building. They want to know the square footage. Why? So they can know how much to tax you. <laughs> yeah, the county tax and all that stuff. And I understand all that's just a part of life, right? But you have to have a blueprint. Uh, here in many uh, rural areas, uh, you get outside of the city limits and you don't have uh, public sewer. You don't have uh, public water. So that means you have to be on a septic system and then you're going to have to put in your leach field. And so they need to know how many bedrooms are in the house. And the only way they can know that is by looking at your blueprints and that will determine how large your septic tank needs to be. And on and on it goes. But my friends, it comes back again to having the proper planning. When your dream is really something that you're very serious about, then what is going to happen is that you will create a plan for the attainment of your dream. So there comes a time when you sit down and you write out the step-by-step -step list of how you intend to walk this dream out stage by stage so that it is brought eventually into full manifestation. But you have to already have planned out even the final steps before you even start the first step. And that's something that we need to talk about today. Think for a moment about Noah. Noah had a detailed plan for the ark. He could already conceptualize what it was going to look like, what the finished result was going to be before he ever cut down the first tree. And so there was detailed planning. God told him exactly how long, how wide, how, how tall, and everything, many, many other, uh, other details. And so there's planning. Even before you start cutting trees, you know, I'm sure Noah got together with his sons and said, okay, we know what we're going to do. Where are we going to do it at? Because we need basically a shipyard 
Uh, we don't need to be by water because God's going to bring the water through this uh, phenomenal rain that will eventually come, but we are going to need a gigantic place. And so uh, I don't know if they chop trees down to clear an area. Of course, if you clear the area, now you can use the trees for building, or if there was already an open area and they said this will help us to start faster, but all that gets planned out and then you are going to have to think, well, we are going to need a lot of lumber and preferably you would want the trees close by, but all of these details, you've got to, you're going to have to get into the details. I know that uh, maybe only attorneys and uh, lawyers and maybe doctors like reading the fine print. You know, you get, you get a medicine bottle, you have a little fine print down there or something like that. Nobody really wants to read the fine print. But there's a time, especially with contracts, you have to read the fine, boring print. You have to go through it real slow, and if you don't understand it, read it two or three times and have another friend read it as well. And if it's something extra weighty, probably should get an attorney uh, that you know to advise you so that you get the proper understanding of all the nitty-gritty. Praise the Lord. So Noah had a detailed plan for the ark, and you're going to have to have detailed plans also concerning the realization of the dream that God has given you. Moses had a plan for the tabernacle. And notice that when you get the plan really nailed out and you, you get the blueprints, literally, because the tabernacle that Moses built was a replica of the heavenly tabernacle. And it was revealed to Moses and he gets this uh, blueprint because he saw it in heaven. And now he's going to be able to uh, have this thing built. I think it's fascinating how that when you get your plans right, God gives you the best workers. And so now Bezalel shows up and this guy is just, uh, he's a genius in metallurgy and he's a genius in fashioning these things. And, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the wilderness tabernacle, uh, while it was small in some sense, oh, the details uh, and all the gold uh, put into it, it was something beautiful to behold. And the planned order, not only just of the uh, tabernacle structure, but the way the tribes were laid out. You know, they just didn't camp randomly. You have the tribes all sectioned off, and uh, it actually formed the pattern, the shape of a cross, if you were to look at it from the top down really, really well organized. And then we have, uh, of course, not only Noah and Moses, but we have Solomon. And Solomon had the plan, detailed plans for the building of the temple. So detailed that they, they did all of the work off-site. And when the stones were brought in, there was not heard a hammer or a chisel at all. All of that was done a long ways off. Kind of reminds me today of these um, log home kits. You know, if you want to build a beautiful rustic log home, well, they're going to cut the trees down, maybe in uh, Montana or Wyoming or wherever they're going to, they're going to get them out on the uh, uh, northwest area. They're going to get these beautiful spruce trees and they're going to get them all ready and then they're going to cut them and they're going to actually put the entire cabin together. Not the electrical or plumbing, just the wood. Okay, they're going to, but they're going to, they're going to build out the whole house and uh, mark everything and then disassemble it, pack it, and then they're going to put it on 18-wheeler trucks and ship it to whoever has bought it, bought the kit, and then when it arrives up at the build site, then all they do is just put the whole thing back together again. That's kind of the way it was with Solomon. Everything was uh, quarried and cut and built off-site, and then, okay, then they kind of like, as we would say, pack it and stack it, and then brought to Jerusalem. Remember, you're going to Jerusalem, you're going uphill, and and built in a very well-ordered way. Mm -mm. Praise God. So planning is necessary. Actually, the bigger the vision, and when we talk about big visions, we see that with people like Noah and uh, Moses and, of course, Solomon, but the bigger the vision, the more well-planned your project must be because of the... Uh, the scope of it, the complexity of it. There has to be more planning involved because of those larger factors. Your dream vision should include a well-defined goal, preferably written down on paper. By the way, you always think better on paper. 
You, you know what I mean by that, right? They say a short pencil is better than a long memory. Hallelujah. There are some things you need to write down, especially any, any pertinent dream that God ever gives you, any pertinent vision that God ever gives you, you, you must write it down because you could forget or you could lose the details uh, in the experience. Praise God. Those things are important. Matter of fact, with the, the dreams, the visions that God has given me, I endeavor to write them so that I chronicle them. Thus, I show God I'm responsible for them, put them in books, etc. And then, because I, I'm faithful to write those and share those, then God gives me more. Praise God. Hallelujah. Those things are important. Now, your dream vision, again, should include a well-defined goal written down on paper. Why? Because you will never leave where you're at right now until you know exactly where you want to be. Wow. I want to say it again. You will never leave where you are right now until you know exactly where you want to be. Hmm. By the way, if you were to run into me tomorrow at, let's say, a coffee house, you're getting a latte and I happen to be getting one at the same time, and we start talking about dream and vision, these types of things, could you show me a picture of where you want to be in two years? Could you show me a picture of where you want to be perhaps at the end of this year? Oh no, Pastor Stephen, I'm not really into that. But see, you have to be able to see that so that you know where you're going. You will never leave where you are right now until you know exactly where you want to be. You will never change your location until you determine your destination. Write down your destination. Get some imagery that you can also associate with that destination and have that in a place where you're able to see it and look at it. Perhaps even I would recommend on a daily basis. Keep it out in the open. Don't tuck it away where you can't see it because then uh, it's not going to be able to produce the, the guidance and the inspiration that you're looking for. Now, Jesus he always responds to those who know exactly what they want. He always responds to those who know exactly what they want. We see a great example of this in one of my favorite stories in the Bible found in Mark chapter 10. And let's start in verse 48. Then many warned him, that would be blind Bartimaeus, to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Oh, you may not think so, but I've met too many. You probably have too. Even good Christians that love God but if they were to suddenly stand before the Lord Almighty and Jesus were to say, what do you want me to do for you? They say, oh, well, oh, Lord, I, you know, I, I don't really need very much, Lord. I'm just a humble person, and I didn't mean to take up your time. I guess I got excited, maybe a little bit emotionally pumped up with the crowd and all the cheering and all that. And so, Lord, I'm, I'm okay. I don't really need anything. Well, you really need to know exactly what it is that you want from God. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need somebody to buy me a fried chicken dinner. I do, all those things are nice. Uh, I don't need any sympathy or whatever that, you know, I don't need a pity party. I just want to be healed so I can see. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. You have to know exactly what you want. You have to know what your destination is before you just start driving randomly somewhere. <laughs> now, this is just a fun drive, a relaxing time, because maybe you want to see the country. That's okay, but not when you're trying to get somewhere. Praise the Lord. The fact that God has given you a valid dream or vision is an indication that it does exist 
I, I want to dig into this just a little bit. The persistent presence of a God-given desire in your heart is actually proof that it is possible for you to attain it. Hmm. You know, I was thinking about this because Kelly and I were at a nature preserve last year. It was outside of Charlotte, um, you know, like uh, maybe uh, 20 miles west of Charlotte. Very nice. A lot of birds, a lot of raptors, um, but a lot of butterflies. They had tons of, uh, perhaps some of you know what I'm talking about. It's called the butterfly bush. And butterflies just go crazy over it. They land on it, and uh, it's kind of kind of purple in the summertime. Very beautiful. But they had butterfly bushes, and they had they had uh, specialized bird nest for all the birds that were migrating. And so the lady who was uh, who, who worked there was explaining to us about the migrating birds and the migrating butterflies. And she said, right now, because this was in the fall last year, she said, right now they have already gone south. And almost all of them have gone. Uh, all of our nests are empty, and the butterflies are gone. And uh, she said, when they go south, they go all the way to South America. She's talking about the type of butterflies and also the birds that, that were passing through there. She said, they all go to South America. I said, well, uh, what route do they take? Uh, do they, are they going down through Florida, or how are how are they doing this? Because you know, obviously, you're going to run into some water. She said they go they they uh, fly across the Gulf of Mexico. I said the Gulf of Mexico. I said all the butterflies with those little bitty wings are flying hundreds of miles across the Gulf of Mexico. I didn't know that. She said, "Yep, they do it every year, <laughs> and the birds do too." I said, "I didn't think that was possible." She said, "Well, they do. They do it." They fly all the way across, nonstop, the Gulf of Mexico. And I used to live in South Texas, very close uh, to the Gulf, right on the intercoastal ship channel, which flowed into the Gulf of Mexico. So I had a really good understanding of just how big the Gulf of Mexico is. But I had no clue that little bitty tiny butterflies fly all the way across the Gulf of Mexico, what they do every single year. But see, here's the thing. They have a desire just like the birds do. They have a desire to fly south. Now, why in the world would God put that desire in them if there, listen, if there were no south? If there were no south, why would God give them a desire to go there? Okay, so the reason they have a God-ingrained desire to go there is because it's warm there and it does exist. It's the south. <laughs> so this is what I'm trying to say. The very fact that you have this desire, just like a butterfly, just like a migratory bird, it doesn't go away. It's always there. Year after year, year after year, this thing, this desire, this vision is still on the inside of you. It's been 10 years now. hasn't gone away. 20 years, it hasn't gone away. That's proof that it exists and it is possible for it to be realized just as it is possible for the for the bird to fly south because it, you can go there it, it's real it's it's not imaginary it's not like the earth is flat and it drops off no there's a south <laughs> praise the lord god will not put something in your heart that you that you just uh you you can't produce it you have a desire, but it just can't happen. No, God put it there because it can be produced, and he's going to help you do it. But you're going to need really good planning and preparation. Now, I know that a butterfly or bird is not going to pull out a roadmap, say, oh, we need to turn right here uh, and then go to, uh, further south and uh, take a left and swing over this way a little bit. They don't need that. They have like a built-in GPS Technically, we know they're kind of picking up on the uh, signals of the Earth's magnetic pull. And the closer you get to the center of it, the equator, the stronger that pull is. So they're following along with that. But, but we have to have a clear target of where we're going. We have to have a, a clear target of what we actually want God to do for us. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Then... When you know what that is and you are settled on it, then you dig into the nitty-gritty, and then you also get ultra-organized. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I had a conversation 
years back with an aspiring minister. True call, true anointing, but he was having a really tough day. And I said, brother, I said, what's wrong? You, you seem discouraged. He said, oh, he said, oh, brother Stephen, he said, I have, I'm having some money problems. I've got some money problems. I said, well, how big is your problem? Oh, oh, thousands, thousands of dollars. I mean, the person was very discouraged. I said, how many thousands? See, you, you're going to have to get into the nitty gritty, okay? Get out of the ether. The ether is good for the ethernet, okay? The blue cable, the internet, right? But you can't, you can't, you can't be out there and like la-la land. You're going to have to know the, the details, the fine print. I said, how many thousands? Uh, ten thousands? Uh, hundreds of thousands? How big is your money problem? How many thousands? And he looked up and he said, you know, he said, I'm not really sure. Mm, wow. I'm not really sure. I said, well, you need to find out because it could be that your problem that is weighing you down, it could be that it's maybe not as big as you think it is. And you know what? I came across him two weeks later and he seemed, he seemed to have gotten a hold of himself, and he seemed to be facing life now with a, um, I don't know, a better focus. I said, um, I said, did you find out more about your money problem? He said, I did. I said, well, how, how many thousands and thousands did, do you actually need? He said, well, I looked into it and ran all the numbers. He said, I needed $1,500. I said, $1,500? He said, I know. He said, I, I don't know how I got so overwhelmed. I, I, just, I just thought, well, I'm behind on this. I'm behind on that. Thousands and thousands, $1,500. So look, you're going to have to get into these things and get everything ultra organized and well planned out. Here's why. It's difficult to use your faith to meet your budget when you don't even know what your budget is. How can I pray with him? Say, hey, let's come into agreement that God meet these needs. Well, we don't even know what the needs are. Well, they're just thousands of dollars. That, just, just lift that up to God. Look, God's in the specifics. He is into specifics. Praise God. So some of you, you're, you're wanting to grab that tiger by the tail. And that tiger, by the way, is going to be coming by very soon. The, the power, the power of the Spirit. Amen. And it is a wild ride. It can be an accelerated upward ride. But without proper planning and everything structured right and everything in order, I, I'll tell you, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. And I don't want that to happen to you. You need to make sure that you are planning out everything, dot your I's, cross your T's, you know, the, like the jot and the tittle of the law. Make sure that you know uh, everything that's involved with this so that when it gets going, okay, that you're not suddenly uh, having to figure out things that you weren't aware of. Oh, I didn't know that we had, oh, yeah, well, you, you need to know everything going on within your sphere of authority. Mm -mm. Praise God. God despite what some Christians think, God is a thinker. Mm -mm. He's the master organizer. And he has a plan. He has a plan to deliver your miracle to you. Woo, praise the Lord. So when you flow in a well-planned way with God's plan, then what will happen is that you will, you will preserve your your miracle ride, you will preserve your blessing, and then you are a person that now is going from strength to strength, not just a one-time, oh, I got a one-time, I don't know if it'll ever happen again, I got a one-time of blessing. No, no, the blessing is to strengthen you and position you to go forward, but that's God's not done blessing you yet, amen. So you're, you're going to have to take good care of it and steward it the right way. Reminds me a little bit of Warren Buffett and his rules of investing. What is the number one rule of investing that Warren Buffett, who I think right now is worth over $100 billion, I think he makes $4 million net every single day, okay? What is his number one rule of investing? Don't lose any money, okay? What's his number two rule? Number two rule is 
Repeat number one over again. That's all it is. Don't lose any money. Don't lose any money. Now, in 2008, and that year alone, he lost $23 billion. But he's obviously regained that. But you have to understand, and this is what I'm trying to say. You don't gamble. You don't roll the dice. With Warren Buffett, every decision is made not on a, a wild risk. It's made on detailed planning. And you plan and you get research. And then after you have all of your information and you have a plan of what you want to do, then and only then do you execute the plan. By the way, Warren Buffett says if you're not, if you're not willing to hold the stock for at least 10 years, he said, don't even hold it for 10 minutes. Praise the Lord. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. We need to be people that are well planned. God is a thinker. God is a master organizer and planner. Now, here's why this is so important. God will not put in your hand more than you are capable of effectively managing. I want to say it again. God will not put in your hand more than you are capable of effectively managing. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Glory to God. Last thing you want is be grabbing on that tiger and that tiger is lifting you higher and higher. Blessings you're breaking through on every single level. God says you need a little time out. Let go of the tail because you're, uh, you're, you didn't build the house the right way. You need to stop. Come over here and fix this because you had all this stuff going on in the corner. Now it's getting all discombobulated. If you have little problems when things are running at a slow level, if you start running fast, it's not like, oh, well, now we can just, no, everything begins to compound. That's why you have to have the planning and the structure and the order now, right now. Praise God. Go, go through everything in your life. Go through all of your finances. Go through everything going on, anything where you're paying money out. Go through everything with a fine tooth comb. Know what's yours. Know where your money is going. It's so easy to do a subscription base. And this is why the companies want you to sign up. They, the only way sometimes you can get their product is through a subscription. Uh, a lot of software is like that. If you want to buy it, you, it used to be back in the old day, you could just go into Best Buy and you bought the, uh, you bought the, uh, the product and then you would just download it. But now all the downloads are done electronically and they want you to subscribe. Why? They know that if you subscribe, you're probably never going to come off that. And it's just like uh, whether it's Apple with iTunes or whatever. So you sign up and, the, and then a lot of these subscriptions, people forget about them, but they're still paying maybe eight or 10 or $12 a month on some, some, some subscription of a product that they bought five years ago and they're not even in use it anymore. But every month that money's going out. Well, what happens when it's $500 a month and it's going out? And that's, that's something that companies that are large multi-billion corporations, they have to watch it because when you get real strong, then you can, you're not running, oftentimes you're not running lean and mean. That's what got you there. And so they always uh, want to have some people on board that, yeah, enjoy your success, but let's not forget what God is here. And let's not just have all of this extra that we're just burning through because you know, you have to have good business uh, principles, and especially in the kingdom of God, we want every dollar to count. We want to know where every dollar is going. Praise God. So God will not put in your hand more than you are capable of effectively managing. So we need good planning, and we need to be well organized. And I think uh, another, just a simple word for well organized is the word order. So let's ask ourselves, what is order? Order is the proper arrangement of things. The moment, the very moment you establish order in your life, instantly you get peace. The moment you clean your house and vacuum your house, let's say it hasn't been cleaned, let's say six, six weeks. I was going to say six months, but you know, whatever the case might be, but there's dust and, you know, uh, trash and this, that, or the other. The moment you clean your room, instantly, instantly you feel better. You have your vehicle and, you know, we're coming out of wintertime and uh, maybe there's mud and, uh, you know, you're, you're all over your car and your vehicle's dirty. The moment you wash it, just in the car wash, you get the warm fuzzies. 
Just seeing the guys wipe your car down and clean your vehicle, you get the warm fuzzies. Why? Order brings peace into your life instantly. Woo, praise God. And so you're going to need that order in your life and good planning. Thank you, Lord. So God wants you to plan with facts and then pray with faith. Mm -mm. Know what's coming in, know what's going out. And so you plan with facts and then pray with faith. Good planning is the most comfortable approach to securing the best optimum results. Mm -mm. By the way, God never does anyone's planning for them. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor Stephen. Well, let me ask you a question. Has God ever brushed your teeth? Your teeth. You know, I'm not saying God's brushing his because God's are clean all the time. But has God ever brushed your teeth? Well, no, Pastor Stephen. Has God ever tied your shoes? Well, no. And he's not going to either. He's also not going to comb your hair. And you know what? He's not going to do your planning for you either. That means if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. You're going to have to plan this dream, this vision out in a very precise, detailed way. I've got, I have file folders that I take with me everywhere I go. They're in my briefcase. Why are they there? So I can always take them out and work on them, not just only uh, at the office here at the ministry center, but if I go on a trip or I go somewhere, uh, then I want those things with me. I want to be able to pull them out, open them up, okay? Keep uh, tweaking a little bit here because you get more knowledge, you get more information like, oh, oh this is a better way to do this. Mm -mm. Or you talk to somebody else and you say, how, how did they do it over here? Oh, I see. And then they explain why. Mm -mm. And it makes more sense. Then, and then you realize maybe it costs a little bit more up front, but, oh, it's going to last a whole lot longer, and it works a lot better this way. Okay, so you're actually saving money. So all of these things are very, very helpful. And so it is every individual's responsibility to plan and prepare. Praise the Lord. For example, think for a moment about a student. Of course, nobody would do this, right? Think about the student who's going to go in and take a major exam, but he's, he's not studying. He's not in the books. He's not even really uh, writing good notes in class. What is he doing? He's praying. Oh God, I just thank you. Help me, Lord, that your anointing be upon me. Oh God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, help me to make an A. Well, what's going to happen? See, you, you can't substitute prayer for planning and preparation. Yes, you need to pray, but there must also be planning and preparation or that exam is going to hit you and you're, going to, you're not going to have the answers. You're not going to know. You're just going to be guessing. And God never, ever wants you to be in that place. That's why God wants you to really be in this season of your life, uh, overseeing all that is under your charge and having everything in order because you're about to grab that tiger by the tail. Mm -hmm. Ooh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. For every dream and vision, no matter how divinely inspired, pre preparation is a non-negotiable factor if the dream is to be accomplished. Mm -hmm. Think for a moment. I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, about Billy Graham when he was alive and he had those uh, stadium crusades. Okay, so they have, the, they have the crusade, people show up. You have 100,000 people show up. Oh, this is wonderful. And people get saved and uh, receive Christ. Oh, and now they have, they have uh, made their lives right with God. They have peace with God. They have eternal life. And everybody says, isn't that a wonderful crusade? Did you know that before the crusade ever took place, the Billy Graham Association would send a man to the city two years, not two months or two days, two, two years before the crusade ever took place. That man begins to meet with local pastors. He begins to get pastors that are willing to commit to help with the crusade. And they're wanting each pastor to bring 500 people uh, to the crusade because Billy Graham wants 20,000 commitments of people that are going to be there before anybody even shows up, okay? So he wants people there. Oh, how did that 10,000-member choir get pulled together? Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, the morning of the crusade, they just all showed up and, said, and somebody said, who wants to do some singing today? No, no. Two years in advance, 
Everything is being pre-planned, prepared. Why? So that on the day of the crusade, things go smoothly. Everything from the, from the organization, from uh, the songs to the meeting to the, all the people coming, of course, which is the main thing, even down to the finer details that are, that are endeavored to ke- be kept, you know, kind of low profile, such as security. Because remember, if you have 100,000 people, you receive an offering, and they're bringing the offering, they're putting it in the basket and stuff like that, suddenly uh, uh, it'd be nice to have a little security with this amount of money. I do know of one uh, former revival that took place, and uh, it was running, you know, daily. The revival would have a, like a, a lunch, excuse me, like a, a midday meeting, and then an evening meeting. I know for a fact that in the evening, every night, over $1 million was coming in into the offering every single night. And sometimes during the day service, just during the day service alone, over $500,000 was coming in every day. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's no big deal. Just put it over there in a coffee cup. Everything will be fine. No, no. The next thing you know, it's, it's, it's disappeared. Hey, well, where'd the coffee cup go? <laughs> By the way, you, you know, you can't get a million dollars crammed into a coffee cup. Where did it all go? No, planning, planning, detail. And then when you have that and the tiger takes off, and you're holding on. Hey, yeah, you're like, hey, tiger, run as fast as you want. Leap. Hey, this is fun. Let's have some fun with this now. Why? Because we're prepared for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. God could turn it on in one day. Some of you are kind of going around thinking nothing's going, nothing going on in my life, Pastor Stephen. It can change. It can change dramatically in one day. So it's not the fact can it change. The fact is, are you ready? Have you preplanned? Are you prepared? Mm-mm-mm. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching that they make the most and the best usage of their time to plan and prepare and to put everything in their life in divine order because your spirit is, is moving and it's only going to get faster and stronger and bigger and better. So Father, this requires that everything be in its place and that everything be understood and there be no uh, unknown equations or factors in the area of our natural responsibilities. Thank you, Father. Anoint your people with a fiery anointing to be on top of this situation. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Let your people have keen, keen insight in their financial management. Now, Father, we thank you We thank you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Well, if you're watching this program today and you don't know the Lord Jesus, you just happen to tune in and hear a preacher talking about uh, tigers and planning and God, well, today can be your day to receive Christ into your heart and to get your life right with God and to get your life ready to go to heaven. Praise God. Why don't you pray this prayer after me? Because the Lord is ready to receive you right now in salvation. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross to save sinners like me. So Jesus, come into my heart right now. Wash all of my sins away and write my name In your book of life, Jesus, I give my heart completely to you. Thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. And for those of you that have just prayed the salvation prayer, I'd love to hear from you. Please email me. Let me know that you prayed the salvation prayer. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.com. Dot org. Amen. I want to rejoice with the angels and rejoice with you for your salvation. Praise God. Amen. Well, let's conclude today's teaching session by receiving Holy Communion. Grab some unleavened bread. I like to use these little bitty uh, uh, wafers. Remember, you can buy these online. Okay. They're easy to store. I just keep them in the refrigerator. I've got, I've got these in the refrigerator at home. I've got these in the refrigerator at the, at the church. <laughs> and you know, you take them with you anywhere you go when you travel. Hallelujah. 
grab some grape juice. And no, you don't have to have it in a fancy cup, okay? But grab some grape juice and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. And we bless it now and consecrate it. We set it apart as being holy. And we thank you this is now the body and the blood of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Father, as we, as we receive the Lord's flesh, let us be mindful to not skip over the details. Let us on purpose slow everything down to the speed of accuracy and look intentionally at the details and magnify them if we have to and print them out and enlarge them and understand exactly what is going on. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're clearing up situations right now. And I just know that there are some that are watching, Father, that they think, they think they're in a mess, but it's really just a little bitty uh, mud puddle. It's no big deal. God can clean it up real quick. But, Father, they have to realize, first of all, where they're at and what they're in. I thank you, Father God, that they're going to find out, and there will be rapid deliverance and healing. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We receive now the body of the Lord Jesus in his name. We pray. Amen. Let's partake. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus shed for the forgiveness, the taking away of our sins. We ask that if we have committed any sin, we ask that you would wash us with the blood, cleanse us from all sin and all unrighteousness. We thank you, Father God, that we are yours forever. We thank you that Jesus is coming back soon for his people. Father, we give you praise. We thank you that we are in Christ redeemed and blessed and highly favored. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's precious blood. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. God watches over his word to perform it. The things that he has spoken to you have a season of fulfillment. God will be on time. But when the tiger goes by and there's the tail and you're ready to grab the tail, you're going to have your stuff in order. Go to work in this area. Praise God. You have grace for a little more time. Amen. But the, but the, the upward lift produced by the power of the word, amen, is causing a lifting. Arise and shine. For the glory has come. So there is the rising. That's what you're doing. Okay, so there's, there's, there's the shining that's going to come. God's performing his word. You must have everything properly organized. Thanks for watching. I look forward to seeing you back real soon. Bye-bye.